Hi friends, this is Christian Kuhn from Urban Village Church in Chicago. It's great to be with you again this week. And we are finishing up uh, our sermon series on anxiety and serenity here at our church. And so I'm I'm really enjoying sharing some of these thoughts with you and look forward to finishing up today. So we will end with a scripture from Proverbs, which is the book in the Bible that we've been looking at throughout this four-week series. This comes from Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 11. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you and understanding will guard you. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. So in recent months, I've been reading about uh, Amazon's desire to create something called Amazon Prime Air. You may have read or heard about something like this, where essentially you can go online and watch about a minute video of ideally how this whole system would work. Uh, And that is a drone, um, a unmanned drone would uh, go from or you would place an order, I should say, on your computer, and you would select the option of Amazon Prime Air, and it shows you in this little video that when you click on this, that you will get delivery of whatever it is that you want in 30 minutes or less, like a pizza, for example. And so you click on it, and as the video shows you, then in some big Amazon warehouse, the uh, product that you ordered gets placed in this bin, The drone comes over, picks up this bin, and then, of course, in the video, they are showing this really uh, lovely drone just soaring over the neighborhoods where you live until it gently comes right in front of your door and drops the package, and then it zooms away to go help someone else. And then there's the shot, the final shot of this man and I think his son coming and picking up their package all in under... 30 minutes. And in the video, of course, it looks like, isn't this wonderful that you are able to order anything, almost anything at all, and you will receive it in less than 30 minutes, thanks to the technology of drones. And when you see it and hear about it, it it looks a little bit like science fiction, but it's real. Now, Amazon, of course, wants to put this into practice, but there are a lot of hurdles along the way. I was reading an article in Scientific American that cites some pretty big hurdles, and probably the earliest that this may even happen is 2020. So you still have a few years before you can have your uh, whatever it is that you desire in less than 30 minutes. But I think this whole concept is a symbol of our society of instant, instant, instant. We are so used to getting everything so quickly And so today, as I think about what I want to share with you, it's a little more challenging 
to take the long view and to work at something over time, even beyond 30 minutes. And that's a challenge when our when we have created this desire within ourselves to expect something quickly. So then, for better or for worse, I want to talk to you today about seeking and growing in something that will not come instantly, and that is wisdom. So as I noted earlier, we're doing this sermon series, or rather finishing up this sermon series about anxiety and wisdom. And so today, uh, the question that we're focusing on uh, at all of our sites at Urban Village is, how do we become the type of people who have the capacity for the hard and deep work of discernment so that we aren't frozen by anxiety every time we encounter a decision? We've also been looking at the serenity prayer, this prayer that many people know, folks who are in 12-step programs, uh, recovery programs use it, uh, and it goes like this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. So we've been looking at different parts of this prayer, starting with God, God granting us the serenity knowing that we cannot do everything, that we have limits, but that there are steps that we can take. And those are the three things that are three last um, podcasts that I've been sharing with you. And then today we close things out with this last part of the prayer, having the wisdom to know the difference. How do we build our own wisdom? How do we uh, make sure that we are wiser people? Oh, that wisdom would come in little packages delivered by drones like a box of Cheez-Its. But that is not the case. But first, let's talk about what wisdom is. What are some words or images that come to mind for you? On Sunday, I'll be asking the folks in my congregation to name some images or words uh, when they think of wisdom. And I sometimes think of, like, you maybe see cartoons where there's a guru on a mountainside and people are climbing up to this guru to find the answer to things in life. Or you may think of little nuggets of wisdom uh, like you would find in a fortune cookie. And so I had a feeling, I didn't know whether this was true or not, that you could find wisdom in fortune cookies online. And indeed you can. Myfortunecookie.co.uk. You can go on to that website, click on a button, and little fortunes will pop up. So for me, the first one that popped up was the day only gets better. And the second one, avert misunderstanding by calm, poise, and balance. That's a good little nugget of wisdom, isn't it? And then finally, a kind of a bizarro wisdom came up that said, a great person was born on your birthday. Now, I suppose you could mean like, are they talking about me or are they talking about some celebrity? I don't know. It takes a little bit of uh, pondering to figure that one out. But that may be something that you think about when you think about wisdom. But we've been looking at wisdom through this lens of Proverbs. And there are two things to note about wisdom according to Proverbs. And the first is, and we've talked about this before, that it's rooted, grounded in what the author of Proverbs says is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1.7, this is not a text that we read today. Proverbs 1.7 in the Common English Bible says this. The beginning of that verse says this. Wisdom begins... Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. So it all starts with that, the fear of the Lord. And again, as I've noted, fear of the Lord does not mean that we are panicked because God is coming to get us. Uh, 
Fear of the Lord does not mean that we are literally afraid running underneath our beds because we can't stand to be in God's presence. Instead, to fear God means to many things. It means to be in awe of God, to to hate evil, to turn from it, uh, knowing that without God, everything else doesn't make sense in our lives. Really, fear of the Lord means that God has a claim on us, on all of us, and that we must respond in kind, that we give our lives to God. To be in fear of God means that we are giving our whole selves over to the love of God. So this is not just a little thing. This is, we're in. We are invested. When we are, have the fear of the Lord, we are giving our whole lives to that. And then wisdom begins with that first premise. Second thing about wisdom, as we read here in this text today from Proverbs, and this is in verse 7 of what I just read, not 1-7, but 2-7, what I read earlier. The author of Proverbs talks about, quote, sound wisdom. And that's tough to translate, some scholars believe, but in reading it, it's really a pretty pedestrian way of, of talking about sound wisdom. Again, when we think of wisdom, we may think of the guru in the mountainside, or we may think of scholars who are holed up in book-lined offices. Like wisdom, these older uh, people who just know everything. But when we unpack sound wisdom, as according to Proverbs, it's really something that you and I can begin to grasp ourselves. It it means clear thinking in everyday life and everyday decisions. It means stability. It means confidence. It means resilience. All of these things are packed into wisdom. So the everyday things that we encounter in our lives, if we start saying, I am giving my whole life over to God, and that means that beginning to grow wisdom in our lives means that it is not that we're not just kind of running all over the place, making decisions here or there, but we have at least the semblance of the beginning of stability and confidence and resilience to keep on thinking about how do I begin to make decisions in my everyday life? And how do we do that without the anxiety that paralyzes us? How do we do it and keep doing it even when we make decisions perhaps that don't turn out the way we want them to? Because that will happen as well. Wisdom is not just making the right decision. Wisdom is also having the confidence in it and being able to come back from it if things don't turn out the way that we had hoped. So sound wisdom, lots of things packed into this little phrase. And it may seem a little overwhelming. How the heck are we going to get wisdom if it includes all of these different things? I think the first question that we have to ask ourselves, do we really desire wisdom? Do we really want it? That may seem like a silly question, like who wouldn't want wisdom? But again, if it's based in the fear of the Lord, which means that we give our whole lives over to God... That means that this is much more than just a superficial thing. It's much more than expecting a drone to come and deliver it on our doorstep. It means that we have to, frankly, we have to want it. We have to desire it. And the first part of this text from Proverbs emphasizes this. Let me read this first part again. My child, if you accept my words and treasure my commandments... 
Now listen to all the things that the author is assuming here, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. So we have to listen, we have to incline our hearts to this, and then it continues. If you cry out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, if you search for it as for hidden treasures, look at all the effort that is being done here. If you really want wisdom, And seek it out. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So again, there's this emphasis. You have to desire this. And begin that process of really wanting wisdom. You cannot just expect it to be delivered on your doorstep. You have to make the decision. I want the wisdom to know the difference on what I can and cannot change in my life. I want the wisdom to overcome anxiety that might paralyze me. And that means entering into a relationship with God, not just for a few minutes here and there, not just thinking that God is your little good luck charm, but beginning the process of really developing and engaging in a relationship with God. So a few years ago, actually more than a few, uh, 25 years ago, as a matter of fact, Uh, My very first job, I worked for my alma mater uh, at Simpson College in Iowa. And one of the first, my job was working in the public relations office. And one of my jobs was to write articles for the alumni magazine. And I wanted to write an article about a a classmate of mine who had just been drafted by the Atlanta Braves in in Major League Baseball. He had been assigned to their minor league team, the Durham Bulls. So if if you've ever seen the movie Bull Durham, you have a little bit of a sense of uh, a little, little tiny bit of sense of what that was like. And I thought it would be interesting to follow him. His name was Jeff. Follow Jeff for a week uh, as a minor league baseball player to get a sense of what that was like. And so I, in a sense, embedded myself with the Durham Bulls for a week. It was one of the most fascinating experiences I've ever had. It changed my perception of athletes, professional athletes, for the rest of my life. And one of the reasons why it really had an impact on me and changed me was that I lived, breathed, and ate and everything baseball that week, the Durham Bulls specifically. So I followed them. I hung out with them wherever they were. I slept where they slept in their apartments and got into their rhythm of like they're watching them play and I going home, going to bed two, three in the morning, waking up at noon. So everything other than actually playing, I experienced that week. So I immersed myself in their lives. And hopefully it made a better article for me. And 25 years later, it has still stayed with me. I can still have very vivid memories of that week because I totally gave myself over to that lifestyle. That, I think, is a little bit of a sense of what we need to do when we decide that, yes, I I want wisdom. I want the wisdom that can help me make decisions and will um, get me out of the paralysis that anxiety may bring into my life. And I want to, that relationship with God, I want to know God intimately. And that means that we need to embed ourselves, in a sense, in the life of Christ and in God and ask questions and, and begin to have the kind of relationship where we are bringing God absolutely everything on our hearts. And I know it, it may be hard for folks, if you've never done that, tomorrow to say, okay, I want you to do this immediately, but at least begin that process of saying, what can I do to totally give my life over? So that means I am giving God questions. I am coming to God with things that seem pedestrian, that may seem like God doesn't care about. I sometimes 
hear that from folks saying, well, you know, God's got bigger things to worry about than my little piddly things. But that's not the case. If we want wisdom, it begins with the fear of the Lord. It begins with giving our whole lives over to God, starting that process. And so we have to decide if we desire wisdom, then that's the first step I think that we have to take. And once we do that, or begin the process of doing that, then I'm here today to tell you that you will not get answers all the time. But instead, what I would invite you to do is to begin to ask questions of yourself. So starting this process doesn't give you answers, but instead, what I hope it can do today is to give you some questions to consider. And for me, two of those questions are this. When we have a decision that we need to make in our lives, when we have to do the work of discernment, like which way should I go, what should I do? First of all, I think we need to cut ourselves some slack and know Thomas Burton, who was a a spiritual writer in the 20th century, uh, once said something to the effect that he said that uh, I don't really know where I'm going or what I'm doing, but I believe that my desire to please you, God pleases you. So enter this knowing that you will probably screw it up, just as I screw it up too. But the desire to please God and to know God pleases God. All right, so let's begin with that uh, premise and foundation. And then whenever we have decisions in our mind, in our lives, I think a great way to think about it is to go with some of the, or two of the things that Jesus said, the, the laws that we should follow in following him, and that is loving God and loving neighbor. And so when we have decisions in our life, ask ourselves the question, is this going to bring me closer to God? Is this going to bring me to a place where I'm loving God more? And am I going to be loving my neighbor in making the decisions as well? Is this going to bring me closer to a love of God? Is this going to bring me closer to a love of neighbor? These are two questions that we can ask ourselves in in discernment and in trying to get ourselves unstuck from uh, anxiety. In addition to asking ourselves these questions, a really powerful tool that we can use is what's called a clearness committee. This is something that the Quakers developed centuries ago. And essentially, it's you are putting yourself uh, within a group of people that hopefully you trust or who are willing and have made a covenant with you that we will be here for you. And you do not go to this what's called this clearness committee. You do not go to this group and you say, here's my issue, here's my problem, here's my question, solve it for me. Instead, and here is where more questions are bubbling up, instead the committee is asking you questions and that's all it is. And so they are helping you discern and they are trying to seek God and they're paying attention to certain things and they continue just to simply ask you questions so that you are responding and hopefully in the responses to those questions, the spirit as it works so that you are getting a better sense of where God may want you to go, what is bringing you closer to a love of God and a love of neighbor. So a really wonderful spiritual author named Parker Palmer tells the story, and I think I've probably told the story before, maybe more than once, but it's one of my favorites. So he tells the story of putting himself in front of a clearness committee, and his situation was this, that he had 
uh, become known as a, as a teacher, as a scholar, as a writer, and he had the opportunity to be president of an institution. And there's a part of him that really desired that, that thought, this is what I want to do. But he put himself in front of this clearness committee, and they began to ask him questions. And he found himself getting a little aggravated because they asked him about, well, what would you be doing as president of this institution? And he started saying, well, here are the things that I would not enjoy about the job. And he started listing them. And they kept asking him questions. And he, getting, he was getting more and more annoyed and aggravated. And finally, someone asked him, Parker, why do you even want to consider this job in the first place? All you are saying are things that you don't want. So the question is, do you even want this? And it was at that moment where clarity came. And he realized why he wanted it in the first place. And that was out of ego. He confessed, you know why I want this job? I want to see my picture in the paper that says Parker Palmer, president of this institution. And he was finally able to name it. And he realized what an awful, what an awful way of going about this decision-making process, that that's the reason why I want to do this. And his clearness committee joked saying, Palmer or Parker, we, we think there might be easier ways for you to get your picture in the paper. But he was able to name it, and it was helped because of these people who were asking questions. He was able to discern what God was wanting in his life, and in this case, what perhaps God did not want him to go into, because that would go against who Parker was. Just an example of questions that are getting at the desire of doing what God would want us to do of getting us out of anxiety that may paralyze us, but instead can get us to that point where we are loving God and loving neighbor with our whole selves, that we get that point we have a, a fear of the Lord. We are giving our whole lives over to God. And so wherever you are in your own life, I hope that you have a desire to be a wiser person. And by wiser, I mean someone who wants in everyday decisions to be able to have a a greater clarity, to have a greater confidence, to have greater resilience, to come back from times when things are not going well. That we have that desire to be a wiser person, that we have that desire to be in a deeper relationship with God and they go hand in hand. And then to have the courage to be able to ask ourselves those questions, whether of ourselves, where we ask ourselves, is this bringing me closer to love of God? Is this bringing me closer to love of neighbor? Or if we have the courage to put ourselves in a group of people and we say to them, I need, I need your wisdom. I need you to ask me questions around this. And if you're interested in that, no matter where you are, please reach out to me and I'll do what I can to make sure we can create this kind of safe space for you to do that. It takes courage to admit that and to name that and to say, yes, this is what I want. And so as much as we would love to go online and click a button and say, give me wisdom in 30 minutes, it doesn't happen that way. But the journey toward the process where we are growing in wisdom is so much richer and it brings us closer to God in the process. And may it be so for you. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to these words, and I hope they have been helpful for you. Thank you for these last four weeks as we have uh, been thinking about wisdom and anxiety. Next uh, week, just as um, to let you know, we are starting a five-week sermon series called Some Like It Hot, 
Uh, and so we are going to be exploring um, sex and relationships and the gift of, of that in our lives and also sometimes the shadow side of that. So uh, feel free to tune in as I share some of my own humble reflections on those topics and how God is in the midst of all of that. But until then, friends, have a blessed week knowing that uh, there's a God who desires a relationship with you. And I pray that you have the courage to say yes to also be in that relationship. May the peace of Christ be with you.